Welcome back ladies and gentlemen, UFC Vegas 20 has come and gone and we're finally on to the fight week of UFC 259, a card that's looking like it's going to be one, easily the most stacked of the year. And Blake, honestly, one of the most stacked cards of all time. But of course, this is UFC Talk, another edition of this great show. We're going to break down UFC Vegas 20. We're going to talk about Hori Masdal teasing a September title fight quite possibly. The next Habib, a big-time retirement just out of nowhere, is legit, though. Also, a really funny story, Blake. And, and I think from Paula Costa, this might be the worst excuse story I've heard in my entire life. Also, go and give you a little preview of UFC 259, that card we were just talking about. But, of course, I'm your host, Ross Allen, joined alongside by UFC correspondent Blake Campbell. Blake, how you doing? Doing well, doing well, man. How you doing? It's great. You want to know why? Because just on on Monday, we dropped another UFC interview. This time, we had Derek Minner, who just had a dominant performance at UFC Vegas 19. So we break down that fight and a couple extra things and talk about the featherweight division because, to be honest, Blake, that division might actually be more stacked than the lightweight division if you really want to look at things. But... So you can go check that out everywhere, YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you get podcasts from. It is right there. But Blake, let's go ahead and jump into things, my man, because starting off the UC Vegas 20 main court was Alex Caceres fighting Kevin Kroom. And I, to be honest, I was a little disappointed with this one, especially with the lead up. I actually found Kevin Kroom's antics really entertaining and Henry Cejudo-esque uh, into the... the, the going to this fight and then to be honest it was kind of a bad fight from him <laughs> I, I i hate to say it but i mean because seriously he just kind of gets out there with this easy unanimous decision win but then he goes out and calls out a top 15 opponent in that featherweight division and my question to you is does alex caceres deserve a top 15 fight what's that three three wins in a row now right yeah i mean he um and he beat a undefeated fighter too in chase hooper along the way yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing him get a top 15 guy. Either that or another guy that's like a fringe top 15, maybe like an Andre Feely or mm. something like that. Because he definitely deserves, I think, a step up in competition. You know, someone that's got – maybe he doesn't have to be top 15, but I'd like to see someone that's an established name in the sport. Like I'm actually kind of – now that I said Andre Feely, I'm like, wow, that actually, that actually sounds kind of good. It does, right? <laughs> It's a, it's a striking battle right there. It'd be a little, I don't, and I don't think they fought yet. Surprisingly. I know, I know, uh, Caceres has fought, uh, Faber, mm -hmm. but I don't think he's fought really too many of the other alpha male guys yet. Feely would be a fun fight. And I'm thinking maybe if he wants to get into the top 15, Edson Barboza could be a good one there. Edson Barboza could be a good one. Yeah, but I just think Edson Barboza wouldn't really be willing to risk that. I mean, maybe, maybe he wouldn't mind, but I don't know. I think it's it's tougher to for a for anyone that's like not fringe top fifteen. It's it's a tough ask for them to take that fight 100%. for an unranked guy. Ooh, but dude, the more you, I love how the I, it seems like the best fights are the ones you just kind of stumble upon. Andre Philly, hell yeah. I'm actually right. out behind that. I'm on board. <laughs> Dude, VM to Team Alpha Male. 
Yeah. Mm. Might have to send a little email out, maybe a little DM. DM. Hey, Sean Shelby. Andre Faley. Uh, Alex Sakaris. Let, let, let's get it done. Uh, uh, Winner gets into the top 15. Yep, I think I think that would be pretty cool. I can get behind that. But if we want to go from the featherweight to a, a little smaller division in, in these guys um, going into the uh, um, bantamweights at this one. Oh, boy. Did this th- this was hands down by the night. Both these fighters deserve more than 50000 because Pedro Munoz and Jimmy Rivera put on an absolute fireworks show in their pretty highly anticipated rematch because this fight rocked. I, I mean, let, let's talk about Munoz. <sighs> the calf kicks. The calf kicks again, Blake. I swear, we, we say this in, in every big fight. The calf kicks a strike again because Munoz destroyed uh, Jimmy Rivera's leg. I mean, Rivera, he was falling over uh, um, just like four minutes into this fight, which was insane. I don't know how he even made it through. And they just put on an absolute firefight. And I was shocked that even though Jimmy Rivera was on one leg, he was still connecting with these shots that I I really thought they were going to put Pedro down. I really thought they were. Yeah, no, this was definitely my favorite fight of the evening, even though I probably only watched a few of them, uh, to be honest. It's not like we missed much with this card. Yeah, it, it was a little lackluster, and it was my brother-in-law's birthday, so oh, okay, I was okay. super okay. taco. Happy birthday to your brother-in-law. Know. Oh, yeah, big shout-out to Dan. Dan, uh, hell yeah. Better than Dan but... Hardy. <laughs> Dan Hardy, he's going to come back too, bro. I know, right? <laughs> uh, so... Did we okay? I was just gonna say I wanted to make sure that Pedro Munoz and uh, Jimmy Rivera got that fifty grand bonus because yep, that was deaf. There's they no way there was anyone else that could come close to fight of the night. No, uh, but yeah, no, it was a really impressive fight. Credit to both of those guys; they both took a lot of really good shots. I just think Pedro Munoz kind of edged it out there towards the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, it seemed like his striking was just a little crisper, a little sharper. Uh, but Jimmy Rivera is tough as nails, man. That guy, he's he's one of those dudes that no one would want to match up with, I think, because, you know, that's going to be a really freaking tough night at the office. Yeah, man. I don't know how he was literally falling out every time that cap got touched. Yeah. And he was still standing and throwing and almost putting Pedro out. He had him rocked a couple times. Yeah, dude, in the third round, like right towards the end, right? He hit him. He hit him a couple times, and I was like, "Oh, I think his lights almost shut out right there." What the power but... behind for for both fighters? The power behind those shots was ridiculous. I mean, yeah. I mean who says bantamweights can't throw down? Because they can throw down. I, I just have so much respect for for Jimmy for take because we've seen so often now those calf kicks. I mean, it's really. I feel like it's been almost since last year, maybe the year before. It's very recent. Most fighters get crippled by those and they just stop. They, sh- they shrivel up or they go, they go all out and then they're done within 10 seconds. But Jimmy Rivera, like he kept it going. He somehow found a way to keep fighting. And I think that that's, that's something that needs to be talked about and respected because it's, it's super hard to do. Yeah. And, and now, now the question is, although a trilogy fight with these two guys, of course it's one, one at this point, a trilogy would be fantastic, and I don't think anyone is going to argue with that. Pedro Munoz did come out after the fight and say that he wants to fight the returning TJ Dillonshaw. So, what do you think about this? Which route should we take here? 
Um, I don't. Bantamweight's another division. I think that's kind of. It's it's a little muddy right now. Mm. Besides, I'd say the top, really the top three, because you know it's it's Aljamain fighting for the belt this weekend, and then you know it's Corey Sandhagen. That's got to be next, in my opinion. He's yeah. just too impressive with his mm-hmm. his last couple wins. But we're also talking maybe Corey Sandhagen and two Jay Dillonshaw with those two. That could be, and that's something that I'd be way more interested in mm-hmm. rather than Pedro Munoz and a, and a TJ Dillashaw, just because I, I don't know. I want to see what level TJ Dillashaw's on, and I'm sure that he wouldn't mind getting put in that situation right off the bat either. I mean, you want to be there for the biggest fights, the biggest paydays, and that would get him the closest to the belt if he can beat a Corey Sandhagen. He's right there, number number one contender, basically number two mm-hmm. contender. So I'd I'd kind of prefer that over uh pedro munoz but i don't know either way it'd be it'd be fun <laughs> if we're talking in terms of just performance and what we're going to get in the octagon then either any one of these three fights between uh um uh sanhagen and dillshaw or munoz and dillonshaw or munoz in rivera part three I'd be so down with any one of those. Like Sean Shelby um, or and Dana White, they can make any one of those three fights. I'll be totally down. But to your point, Blake, I if we're going to see TJ fight someone um, it, that's not for the belt, I'd rather it be with Sanhagen unless Sanhagen gets that, immediate, gets that next title shot. Then, hey, I want to see him fight for the belt because that him versus Aljo in the rematch or him versus Piotr and Jan is going to be fantastic. And I personally, I'd rather see the the trilogy between Munoz and, and Rivera. I don't know how we could be disappointed anyway, but like I said, I don't think there's a wrong answer here. There really isn't. It's really just up to personal preference almost at this point. Yeah, and I think the only reason Pedro wouldn't want to go the Rivera route is just because he want he's looking up. Yeah. Rather than you know, but it's yeah, it's it's tough right now. I I think. I agree with you. I think the trilogy route would be the better route to go. Just finish that chapter in your career, put that to rest. And then you can, you know, by that time, I'm sure a lot more fights will be scheduled and mm-hmm. possibly have fought, been fought out. So you'll have a clear, you know, a clear picture of what's going on up above you. Exactly. Just, just give it a little extra time. Then the co-main event of this card, we had the, um, we had Nikita Karlov against Magomed and the Kailov. And, this was not, I mean, we can say it's for the co-main and the main event. This was not the fireworks show that we were really expecting. Not after but... that Kutelaba fight with, with Magomed. Right. Oh, man. Was... I was expecting some crazy. I was like, dude, this guy could be the next, one of the next big things in the UFC if he performs like he did against Kutelaba. But he still credit can. to Krylov. Credit to Krylov. I mean, he, he fought a good fight for the most part. He's a lanky guy. And and just he was able to absorb a lot of what uh, Magomed was throwing at him, so I mean, but still not the most exciting fight. No, by it's, means. it's mostly a pretty grinded out decision win for Clinchy. Yeah, it, it, there's nothing wrong with this. Though. The, the, it's not a fireworks show, but it's still a good technical fight that we got to watch, and, and I I still enjoyed it. It wasn't you know the uh um the one for the casuals i guess <laughs> right uh, uh but magomed he's still gonna be going up the rankings with this one he's he was the 11th ranked fighter in the light heavyweight division going to this it just beat the um knocking out the ninth ranked uh um, or former ninth ranked at least or um sorry eight eight ranked uh the kid was eight 
So we might be able to see Magomed move up to maybe a Anthony Smith. Um, Anthony see. Smith sitting there at number six. Anthony Smith is fighting. Uh, oh, uh, what's his name? Oh, that's Jimmy right. He stepped in short notice, huh? Yeah, he's fighting Jimmy Crute. Oh, I forgot. Yeah, I, I kind of forgot about that. I feel really um, bad because that's a fan. <laughs> that's a fantastic fight. Right. Maybe so maybe a Vulcan. Vulcan Ozdemir. You could do a Vulcan. A Vulcan Ozdemir would be pretty cool. Ooh, Who, isn't uh isn't Yuri uh, Prochaka fighting Dom Reyes? Prochaka is gonna be fighting Reyes soon. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. <laughs> isn't that good? Oh, poor Reyes though. Poor Reyes might be losing a third straight with that fight. God dang. Oh. That one gets me acting freaking rowdy. I just like that Prochaka guy. I don't even know how to say his name right, but hey, it, it's your Prochaka. He is crazy. I like him. Hey, that's why he was your uh, uh was your up and comer of the year, right? Yeah, I think debut of the year. Or De- debut of the year with that one. Yep. One of those awards. Hey. But yeah, no, I wouldn't mind seeing him against a Vulcan. That that uh for um for Magomed, I think that would be actually a pretty cool matchup. Then for Krylov, maybe you could throw him against John. Ooh, Johnny Walker. Yeah, but how long is Johnny Walker out for? Didn't he get injured? Yeah. Did he get did he get injured or did he I thought he got injured. Was yeah, yeah, yeah. Something something happened. I thought like he like tore a muscle or something like a pectoral or uh, something happened with Johnny Walker. That's why he had to that's why he had to sit out his uh against the Jimmy Crew. Uh, I thought it was just a smaller camp injury. No, I think something like tore off. Oh that, I can't that, remember. That, that, I, I was reading the report last week, but I, I, I cannot freaking remember it. I have to look it up. Well, that changes things. Uh but man So that... he's probably out for a little bit. I'd yeah. say in a couple months. Ooh, but Ozemir Krylov. Ozemir Krylov. I that that could very well be the move right there. And that's going to bring us into our main event of the evening, which is number four ranked heavyweight fighter in the world, uh, Jerzino Rosenstroik against the undefeated and formerly seventh ranked Cyril Gaon. And what, I mean, what everyone's expecting, Blake, we're expecting a giant slugfest with these two knockout artists with two extremely talented kickboxers that just put people's lights out. And what do we get? We got a... Better version of Lewis in Nganu with, with this one, quite arguably. And although, like I said, it was disappointing, it was nice to see Cyril Gon showing off a different aspect of the game that we haven't really seen from him. We've seen this big knockout power from, from uh, Gon in you know, winning in a couple rounds or so. But we haven't really seen a 20... We Well, obviously, we've never seen a 15-minute fight, let alone a 25-minute fight for Ghana in the, in the UFC. He goes a distance. He controls the whole time, controls in the clinch, controls in the stand-up. Uh, and he just kind of grinded out another win against Rosenstroik. And I don't have a lot of hate for this. I thought, I mean, the the, the, the argument I saw, and I totally agree with, if you're winning the fight, why would you change anything? It's on Rosenstroik to, to advance and to try to push the pace. He never did. So Ghana never had to do anything. I'm totally fine with how this went. Yeah, I mean, you're not always going to have the knockout finish, the highlight reel, you know, show-stopping performance that everyone's going to be retweeting and liking on Twitter and Instagram and what have you. It's just not possible, especially when you're going up against these guys that are top five, 
top tens most of the time now, especially for Cyril gone. Mm-hmm. But that's what he's going to deal with from now on. Like he was fighting the number four guy in the world, Jarzinho Rosenstroik, who has obliterated people's faces for a living now for quite some time. <laughs> Just ask Alistair Overeem's. Oh. So, yeah, I mean, was it the most entertaining fight in the world? Just like the co-main event? No. Was it still, though, slightly impressive in certain points and certain aspects of the fight? Yes, absolutely. I think Gon, you know, did exactly what he had to do to get that W and stay out of harm's way. Because, I mean, one touch from these guys, you're in the, you're in the, uh, <laughs> the weight class with the highest of consequences. Mm-hmm. One bad move, one, you know, one little overstep, one, yeah, dead, basically. (laughs) Like, man, you see Francis, bro? Like, one little misstep and you're done. Your lights are out. You'd think it's freaking two weeks ago. You're Alistair Overeem and you get lifted from an uppercut and you're still orbiting the earth. Yeah. So, I mean, like, just to echo your sentiments, I I really have nothing bad to say about Gone. Uh, Just, Good job on the W. Let's hope that the next performance is a little more entertaining. Exactly. I, I think that's a fair assessment. And then we have to see what's next for him because I will admit, I was saying that the, last week, Blake, I was saying it should be Lewis against the winner of this fight. And although I still think that might be the best option to go with, there's still a couple different options we can do. We can do Derek Lewis against the loser of Nganu and Stipe too which is still makes sense. And we could also do his fight with Alistair Overeem because he still wants, like I said last week, he still wants to clap them cheeks. So I say let them clap. Uh, but also, another, another way we can go here, I would not mind seeing Cyril Gaon move into the top five and fight Alexander Volkov. I knew you were going to say Volkov. I knew you were going to fit him in What's there wrong somewhere. with Volkov? Nothing. He got, a, he got a dub over there, so he's sitting right there at number five that would be yeah. number four number five it's just it's really like what do you plan to do with Derek lewis's mm-hmm. that's the main that's question in question. this but yeah i wouldn't mind seeing a volkov and, and gone i think that would be good for gone too because he is fairly new like let him build up his career a little bit you know like let's see if he's the real deal first before we start feeding him to to the Nganus and the stipes sure. and john jones and like gone he's sure he's a contender right now being rosenstrike like that it makes him a contender He's still a fight, at least one fight, probably two, two or three fights away from a heavyweight t- uh, title shot. Well, because he has, it has to be impressive, right? Because, yeah. I mean, JDS win was impressive, but that was like his fourth finish in a row, right? Yeah, it was for JDS on, on his four. receiving end. It was number. Four. Uh, so this this fight right here kind of st- it doesn't, I guess, really stall the the momentum but it doesn't not kick it Rosenstroik, then this is an right. entirely different conversation it, exactly what i'm saying it doesn't kick it into the next gear so since that performance didn't match where his momentum was building towards i think you still it, it'd be a wise decision match him up with someone right in his same class volkov lewis whoever it might be that's what you got to do before we can give him that that upper echelon in ganu john jones stipe there's got to be at least another fighter. I would like to see him do Volkov and then Lewis. That would be pretty sick if that could line up. That'd be fantastic. It, I mean, it almost all depends on what the hell happens in UFC 260. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's that that fight is going to have a, a lot of implications of what we're going to do moving forward. And then what's next for Rosenstrike? Then what does he do coming off a loss like this? 
Yeah, I don't know. Chris, Chris Blades, someone, mm-hmm. someone else that's gotten their butt kicked recently. Who knows? Is that the Blades of Rosenstreich? And that could be it. I mean, they're going to be both coming on L, coming off L's. Yeah, it, it'd have to be because, I mean, the next guy that he has, I mean, has, has he fought Volkov yet? I believe he hasn't. But I just, I don't think they would match up Volkov, who's, who's, you know, in the top five now and on a win. They wouldn't match him up against someone that has a loss. It, it, so, it, yeah. So it'd have to be Abdur Rav. Kamov, Abdurakimov, or Augusto Sakai, or Daukis, someone, someone along those lines. Ooh, Daukis. Mm. I still, that might be too much too quick for Daukis. That'd be crazy, though. I still might think, like, I'd rather see Daukis against the Sakai for now, but that would not be the worst matchup in the world. Not by any stretch of the imagination. But that's going to wrap it for our UFC Vegas 20 kind of uh, breakdown right there. And Blake, let's move on and to talk about a tease that we got recently. Jorge Mazdal has teased a summer title fight looking like a September base. Keep in mind, it is technically summer until September 22nd. So you can't say that it's it's not fall. Most of that month is summer. So let, let's, let's get some facts straight first. But your thoughts on this. First off, is legit. Do you want to see this? Because the proposed fight is, is the rumor has it that it's Hoy Mazdal against a rematch with the greatest welterweight of all time, Kamar Usman, in September. Do you want to see this fight? Is it legit? And then what we do? What do we do for the number one contender fight then? Six months from now, what what are we waiting for? Good question. Good question, Blake. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. I think Kamaru needs to fight in like August, dude, like July or August. I wouldn't mind seeing that fight in July or August. If if it's gonna be Masvidal, July or August. Why September? What's what, what are you waiting six months for? What's gonna happen in six months? Wish I had the answers to you, Blake. I really do. I I don't know. Maybe I, I just have because I don't is know. Is Usman secretly just, hurt? <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like, why are we waiting? Why are we making these title fights so sporadic? Like, let's line them up. Don't let these dudes wait. Well, we go from either four championships in one card to not seeing this title fight for six months. It's interesting, right? Yeah. To it's... to me though, I I guess it's legit. I guess like kind of kind of what we talked last week is I still am not sure if I really want to see this rematch because I don't think Corey Mazdal stands a chance. And, and like you said last time, uh, the the guy, the only guy in that division that might actually be able to put up a, a fight against Kamaru Usman is Colby Covington again. Uh, and, and that's a big might. So I, I I don't really want to see this. Like, I, I really just don't care. I want to give Kamar Usman some credit, though, because he did put out a video making fun of his foot stomps and saying he was training for that. He hit a little spinning uh, foot stomp. So I thought it's that still was... cringe, though. It, it's still, still so cringe. I love I love cringe. I, that's why I'm a huge fan. I was a huge fan of Henry Cejudo, man. Props, love... to him, props to him for making fun of himself, though. We'll right. give him that. Stop taking yourself so seriously, guys. It, it, it's better when you don't. But what do we do as a number one contender fight now? Who do we match up for? Assuming 
assuming that the next title defense for Kamar Usman is going to be against Jorge Masvidal in the rematch, who is the number one contender? Um, I mean, it'd have to be it'd have to be a Leon Edwards and a Colby Covington matching up. That's the only logical, you know, if you really wanted a number one contender fight, and if it was going to be Masvidal versus Usman next in mm-hmm. September for whatever strange reason, uh, yeah, I'd say that that would be the fight that would make the most sense for the number one contender. Um, Gilbert Burns. Gilbert Burns is a tough one too, though, because it's like, man, I, I could I could almost see Colby Covington and Gilbert Burns, but it's like Burns just got his shot, so mm-hmm. I'd almost be like, whoever doesn't get it out of the Burns, Covington, and Edwards has to fight Thompson, basically. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. Uh, I agree with you. Thompson uh, or Chiesa, Leon know? versus Colby Covington. And then we do Stephen Thompson against Gilbert Burns. I I've been saying this fight for for uh, ever since uh, Burns lost to Kamar Usman. We do Stephen Thompson against Gilbert Burns for oh that that's such a good fight. That's such a good fight. And like I said, Gilbert Burns liked my tweet of that. So we're saying it's essentially confirmed that Gilbert Burns' next fight is going against uh, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. That, that, that's yeah, that's awesome. that's still a good name to add to your resume. I mean, he's a tough fight. And then even for Stephen Thompson too, he might if he beats Gilbert Burns, depending on what happens to Kobe Covington and Leon Edwards, that could give him a title shot because I yeah. really I really want to see Wonder Boy against Kamar Usman. Kamar that's the only guy Kamar Usman hasn't fought in this division, or at least at the Pretty top of much. the division. I wanna say, fight. yeah. Besides obviously like Kiesa. Yeah. Uh but he just he just came five. up though. Yeah. So within the top five, the only person that Kamar Usman has not fought is Wonderboy Thompson, and I would like to see that fight. Something else I want to ask you now, Blake, is is Islam Makachev the next Habib Nurmagomedov? This is what some guys have been saying, what Habib has been saying, what Daniel Cormier has been saying, what other guys at uh, at um, ATA or uh, ATT have been saying. A guy that has extremely um, uh, uh, an extreme amount of wrestling ability a guy that is in the same lightweight division and Habib even or, or Daniel Cormier even said that just straight up wrestling Islam would beat Habib. Do you believe in the hype of this guy? Is he, is he the next big thing in this division? That's super cool. But guess what? <laughs> Hasn't fought since September of 2019. <laughs> yeah. That. <laughs> So, I mean... So, okay, Blake, he's right. He's the next Habib because he only fights once a year. What's scary, though, is he is already uh, 7-1 and one in the UFC. Mm-hmm. Right? One, yeah. Yeah, 1, 2, 3, 4. Yeah, 7-1. and one. So, I mean... Yeah, he just... He's got to get some more fights in there, man. I don't know. You, you can talk, you can say all this stuff, say you're the next to be, blah, blah, blah. You're clearly not the, the next to be because guess what? You got knocked out. So you're not the next to be. Next. Next right. question. Okay. Easy answer right there. I'll take it. I don't even want to see any more Habibs, bro. Like, let's, I don't want to see any more just wrestling huggers, you know? Like, you want to see late humpers? I, I'm just, you know, all respect to Habib, undefeated dude, props, bro, but like just not the most entertaining fighter in my opinion. 
And it's people saying they're the next Habib just really doesn't get me that amped. That's I'm fair. just like, okay, so like a, a wrestler, awesome. Like, is he gonna knock anyone out ever? Yeah. Barely. Like I see I see maybe three knockouts on his on his record. Not very impressive. Not I'm not very interested. Not buying it. Blake is not buying into it right now. And something else that Blake is also not buying into, quite possibly. <laughs> I'm is... cheap. What's up? Said I'm cheap. I'm cheap. <laughs> you damn right you are. And I am great with segues. Hamzat Chemaev reportedly has retired from his MMA career with a post on Instagram saying essentially that he's listening to his body and his heart and that he is going to be done with the sport. Dana White coming out and saying that this was a decision made uh, of emotion. You know, the same argument that he pulled with Habib, but apparently, and fingers crossed, Habib still saying retired no matter how many times Dana White's going to be with him. But... This could really throw a wrench into what was supposed to be the next big thing of MMA and has quite possibly now been, it's quite possibly made Hamza Chimaev the biggest what if in MMA history. But Blake, you're not buying into this, are you? I don't think so. I mean, I don't, I don't know enough about really what, what he's going through, mm-hmm. but from what I've gathered in the like five minutes of research I was doing before we started this thing, it just sounds like it, it might be coming from a little bit of uh, emotional of an emotional place and possibly a frustration. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I just, I think it just give it a little bit of time. He'll probably come around. If he, the main thing is if he's really feeling something like medical issues, something in his, in his body, that's, that's different that he can actually tell is maybe affecting him in some certain way where he knows his performance is not going to be the same, then that mm-hmm. would be a big, that would be a big issue. But if that's not the case, I, I mean, I really don't know what, what could be the case at that point. If that's not the case, then I expect him to just kind of snap out of it and get another, get another opponent here pretty soon. Yeah. Once he's, once he's done playing whatever trick he's playing. It's really confusing with, with this one because he goes one day ago, he was calling out Jeff Neal for a summer fight, and now he's retiring from the sport in general. It doesn't make sense to me. Like, is this how they're going to hype up his return with the the whole retirement angle? Is is this what we're doing? We're running the retirement angle? Like, oh, he's back, and he's going to fight. And it's like, I, I, I don't know. I don't know if he does stay retired, assuming we take him as word, Blake, and he does stay retired. This is quite possibly the biggest what if in MMA history because we're talking about a guy that two fights into his UFC career could have been fighting the number three ranked fighter in the world and possibly get a title shot depending on how he beat said fighter. This is a guy that could have gotten a UFC title shot three fights into his UFC career. That is huge and of course there's a lot of ifs in this. There's a lot of ifs but there's a very strong possibility given how Dana White wanted to push him. We've never seen until this. I've never seen until this guy get two fights booked before he's even had one. That's insane and a little bit disrespectful. But we talked about that when that happened. I hope he's not retired. I don't buy that he's retired. Of course, with any MMA retirement, to be honest, you never believe it. It's like wrestling. They're, they're never actually retired. And 
hopefully we actually see him back in summer but if if he's actually going through some crazy stuff i really hope he gets the help he needs and he he recovers because you know health over everything but i really hope he i don't think he's done and i hope he's not done uh performing the ufc octagon i don't buy it something's fishy right something's fishy like the whole story the whole story isn't here but we're going to move on into our last story of the of the show. And Blake, uh, we've heard a lot of really dumb excuses, right, for why fighters have have lost, uh, you know, a fight or something like that. You know, we've had the John Joneses, uh, the old John Jones, where he'd party the week before, get super destroyed, so he has an excuse if he lost. Now. We have quite possibly one of the worst excuses I've ever heard. And Blake, have, have you heard what Apollo Costa had to say about his whole wine incident before the Israel Adesanya fight? No, I've actually I have not heard this. Well, let me tell you and let me tell the audience, especially if you guys haven't heard the story. So, Apollo Costa, he's, uh, we've all heard him. He's blaming his leg, like a leg injury of why he lost his fight. You've heard that one, right? You've heard that excuse? Yep. So, he was he was having bad leg cramps the day before the fight. So, in order to help him go to sleep, he had a glass of wine. But then that glass of wine didn't help, so he had another. Then he had half the bottle. And then he drank a full bottle of wine the night before his fight. So, he said that the next day when he was fighting, he was hung over. This has to be the worst excuse I've ever heard. Yeah, I don't really know what he's, <laughs> what he's going for on that one. He's just kind of making himself look like more and more of a fool. What? Do you even do you even buy the leg injury first? Do you buy the leg injury? I mean, everyone's dealing with something when you're at that level. There's no way that any fighter... I think any fighter rarely goes into a fight at 100%. Like in... It, in all aspects of their body like there's just no way you're just you're doing too much all the time you know all that wear and tear so sure he could have a he could have a little nick on his leg was it the reason he lost to, to adesanya absolutely not if he wasn't hungover it, assuming he was hungover if you even if he wasn't he was still gonna get his his, his stuff he was gonna, yeah. in. he was still gonna get raw dogged <laughs> right in the wise words of darren till off, uh, off the top of your head, though, have you heard a worse excuse than this one? I mean, I don't. I I rarely ever hear fighters making excuses in in general. So yeah, probably this is off the top of my head. This is probably the worst excuse because normally people will just say he beat me, right? Rather than rather than I'm I'm hungover the night before a fight. Right. Like that just doesn't doesn't make sense. Like right. you just say you didn't want to win, right? You've been the biggest fight of your life. You just didn't care. Like that just kind of makes you look pathetic. <laughs> yeah, it, man. Ever since I heard Paula Costa in his lead up to the Israel Adesanya fight, I've I never really cared about him, and now I'm just liking him less and less every single time he opens his mouth. Because man, he's more just annoying than anything. It this it, it's so stupid. Why do you think this story is going to help your case of why you lost? You think it's going to make things look better? Right, or gain you fans? No. 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 Because that's what excuses, right? Excuses to make your loss look less bad. If anything, I think this makes it look worse. 
that hey you got drunk the day before your fight yeah like you deserve to get your ass kicked at that point <laughs> like thank goodness dude uh you ain't no john jones you ain't you well, ain't good enough for that son at least blake at least john jones was partying the week before the fight not the day before the right fight. <laughs> and he's you know and he still got the dub <laughs> You John gotta get part- the W. If you're gonna be a freaking idiot, you gotta get the W. Look how different of a story this could have been. You could have been, yeah, if if Paul Costa won, you'd be like, yeah, I got drunk last night. I still came out. Oh, man. That'd be great. Oh, no, but then you got destroyed in round two. I got wine And then drunk you got dry before. humped. I got wine drunk the night before and still you whipped your ass. Drunk. Come on. At least John Jones got slammered and did cocaine. Okay. You got wine drunk. Wine drunk? Like he could have been taking some Patron shots or something. Like, I don't know. What's what's a what's a fancy alcohol? What's a Brazilian drink? That. Is it? I don't that's another question that we're we're kind of just running ourselves into a corner here. <laughs> I don't I I don't drink, so I don't know what the hell a Brazilian drink could be. Uh I, I guess it's wine. Guess as well. <laughs> That's their drink of choice, I guess. Hey, but you know, Blake, maybe instead of like taking actual medicine that exists to help you fall asleep, maybe maybe just drink yeah. wine instead, man. Melatonin? Just... Never heard of that, right? They you know, you can it. get wine on Island, but you can't get some melatonin. You can't get some. They like... literally sell that in like every Walmart known to mankind. You can't so. get some Nyquil. You tell me you can't get some Nyquil. I... That stuff I wouldn't mess with before, <laughs> the night before a fight. That stuff gives you. The craziest oh but you mess with wine but you but you would do you get wine drunk no that night i wouldn't do that either if, if i was getting a fist fight the, the next day i probably would not be getting wasted the night before i wish you didn't have to say that you would think that's obvious but i guess not <laughs> probably just be kicking back oh i i am man I don't know what to tell you. But to kind of wrap things up for this show, we're going to move on into our little UFC 259 preview. Blake, the quite possibly the most stacked card we've ever witnessed. A card where Dominic Cruz isn't even on the main card. He's on the prelims. So yes. out of this, maybe besides, besides of course, the three title fights, Viz, we're all looking forward to those. Which fight are you looking forward to the most? My bangers. I'll give you my bangers for this weekend. Oh, Blake's bangers. So Blake's early, bangers. <laughs> so early prelims are pretty cool. I don't. There's nothing that really stands out for me on there. There's a couple names that like catch my attention, like Tim Elliott for sure. Jake Matthews are they're fun guys to watch. Uh, but I, I take mainly my bangers are going to start out in the prelims. Uh, Benavidez is fight again. These are names that are sticking out, not bangers. Benavidez sticks out. Kai Kara France, he's a teammate of Adesanya, sticks out. Mm-hmm. All right, banger alert: Dominic Cruz versus Casey Kenny. That is going to be a freaking banger. Yes. A runner-up is Sedan- uh, Song Yadong versus Kyler Phillips. These are two really talented guys that Shout are going to be throwing man. down. Yes. And Kyler Phillips is uh, actually Casey Kenny and Kyler Phillips both trained with Sugar Sean over there in Arizona. So. Ooh, better watch that perennial nerve. Yeah, right. That's a weakness of them. <laughs> better watch that. Okay, so we'll go over to the main card now. Another banger: Tiago Santos versus Alexander Rockich. That's gonna be oh, that's, ridiculous. That's a good one. That's a really good one. Ridiculous. Oh, that, that gives uh, Tiago Santos. He's trying to recover from his loss to, to Glover, where mm-hmm. a fight where he knocked Glover down twice, 
and Glover won because after the fight got taken to the ground, after Tiago knocked him down, he was able to pull the rookie naked choke. I mean, great, fantastic veteran move there. But yes. arguably, Tiago Santos should have won that fight. But a three against a four, I'm never going to complain. Or a two against a four, I'm never going to complain about that. Yep. Possibly number one contender fight um, in, in this one. Could be. Could very well could be. Um, my last two bangers of the evening, Piotr Jan versus Aljamain Sterling. Of course. That bantamweight title bout. And uh, Jan, excuse me, Jan Blachowicz versus Israel Adesanya. Polish those are my, power. Also, those I mean, e- even, hey, Blake, but we're talking, he hasn't fought since, you know, September 2019. It's on Makachev against Drew Dober. Yeah, that's yeah. another name. I was going to say that's, those are two names. Dober, shout out to Drew Dober as well. He's a guy that's had some really nice performances yeah, as of recent that. too. Another guy, I want to say he trains out of team elevation too, right? I believe so. I think. I feel like he does, but I mean, he's on what a two, two fight win streak, right? A two or three fight win streak. Mm-hmm. I want to say three. His last loss was to Dariush via submission. Yeah. So yeah. So it, it's been a little bit. He hasn't lost since. And before that, he was kicking ass too. You know, he hasn't so. lost since 2019. So he, he's doing pretty good right now. I am. I am so looking forward to this card. I mean, it's a really good card, man. It's it's ridiculous. I mean, the early prelims, I'm not super stoked on, but those are always the fights that can catch you by surprise. Even I mean, Sean Brady, man, Sean Brady and Tim Elliott. But I mean, think about it like this, dude. 3 p.m. Pacific time until basically like probably 10 p.m. There's gonna be there's gonna be people punching each other in the face because we got three title punching. Three title fights, dude. So champs, three title fights. Depending on if there's a lot of knockouts, it'll probably be. You're probably you're probably not going to be done till midnight. No, me, I'll be done about ten. Well, it it the it's eight o'clock, so maybe maybe. But even if it's, I don't mind. Of course, me, Blake, and Jalen, our other co-host, is going to be getting our um, official picks in for this card, like we do every um, card. Of course, I'm your title holder going into this one i'm just playing oh no, you're play. not i'm just what the you. hell i just want to see your reaction back on wa- my name <laughs> just wanted to see that <laughs> blake is our current suck my pick champion and he will be attempting to defend his belt this weekend and we'll see if i yeah. can get my baby back because i want her i want her back blake i want her back and still okay and okay still. but like i said we're going to get you our full predictions but Blake, just you and me right now, three title fights, three predictions. Who's winning? Adesanya, Nunez, and Jan. It's so hard to say. <laughs> I'm gonna say Jan. I'm gonna say Jan. Jan, mm-hmm. Nunez, and uh, and Adesanya. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna tell you right now, Blake, that all three champions are going to retain. Piotr Jan, Amanda Nunez. And Jan Blahovich are going to win this weekend. You can book that. Book it. Okay. I like it. So basically we're just disagreeing on Blahovich so far. Yeah. That's also dude, man, can we talk? this is a really hard one, fight though. to choose, right? Are you are you re- is torn with this one as I am? Because I've been going back and forth for like the past two, three weeks. I don't know who's gonna win this one. I just think Adesanya has more tools to get it done, and he's gonna be smart enough. To stay out of that patented Polish power. Polish power. Also, you gotta think though. Izzy said he's gonna be. He's not gonna be putting on weight for this, so he's gonna be coming in somewhat undersized. Jan Blachowicz. I think, 
He's a I big think that's heavyweight. A, I think that's being blown out of pr- proportion. You I think? do think Jan is going to be bigger than him for yeah. sure. But Jan's a big light heavyweight. Jan's not a guy that's going to like be using a ton of wrestling or anything like that. So no. it's it's going to be a striking match, and I think fluidity and motion and agility and and just range is going to favor Adesanya. It's probably going to come down to if Blahovich could get past Izzy's range. If he could get with like like within that bubble, he's going to have success. But if he if he's not able to push inside that, it's going to be a long ninth office yeah. or maybe a short ninth office. Yep, he's going to have to fi- uh, figure out a way to deal with that speed. See how the oh, that's the thing I'm curious about because. We all know that you know it. You know, of, of course, it differs a little bit. But normally, as you go up in weight classes, the chins get stronger, and as you get lower, the chins get a little weaker, and you don't have as heavy of hitters. I'm just curious to see if Izzy. We haven't really seen like take shots. You know, maybe maybe a little bit against Whitaker, but Gastelum, Gastelum. Oh, yeah, that was the last one. He stood up there. Can he? If he gets in the in 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 the firefight. Can his shit hold up against Polish power? It's going to be interesting to see. We're Dude, going to find I'm out. I'm so excited. I'm so excited for this card. It's a good card. Let's hope nothing gets, you know, scratched this week, this coming up weekend because knock on wood. What, that's probably why they have so many right damn fights scheduled. Right. I'm knocking on wood right now. Blake, you better knock on wood. And wherever you guys are listening to this, you better knock on wood if you can because this is almost a perfect card and we really can't afford to have anything get ruined. <laughs> Oh, boy. But with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, that is going to wrap it for this edition of UFC Talk. Blake, thanks so much for joining. And, you know, I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. Good luck on Saturday. Good luck. Don't need luck. Just, you know, I use my skill and my God-given talent for picking fights, for the picking the fighters who I think that are going to win the fights. You're a cocky douchebag. Screw off. No. <laughs> you're a loser oh, get so upset okay you you win one title you win one title sorry you're your second title and then you get all high get and so mighty upset. for this i don't want to hear it let me drop your guys's uh reviews of uh, your uh your picks going to this weekend whether it be on twitter instagram or over on apple Podcasts, leave a five-star review with your picks for the three title fights for ufc 259 check out our most recent interview with Derek mender from his uh one of the judges gave him a 30 26 for his fight at ufc vegas 19 his third ufc fight and we talk that stacked featherweight division but ladies and gentlemen thanks for listening hope you've enjoyed and i hope that you somehow enjoy uc 259 because it, it's sure just be this super boring card and i don't know why you would, would want to watch it quite frankly Man, this is going to be a fun weekend.